Hi, everybody, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard and its games because that's the whole purpose of the site. I was kind of hoping you guys would be down for that. If not, sorry, it's what we do. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week are just two really great co-hosts cycling through light and darkness like a battle pet that's being sold. First up, we'll we'll go with Shadow this week. Uh, Mitch, what have you been up to, Mitch? Uh, I never cycle. I'm always Shadow. So yeah, she's the other half, dude. That makes it sound like we're cycling between being her and being me. No, just there's you and there's her. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, what are you <laughs> up to? What if I, uh, I finished the uh, the newest edition of the Argus thingy storyline uh, right before the podcast. It's freaking awesome. Um, and I'm very happy as a Shadow Priest to see some of the stuff that happened. Um, other than that, not really a whole lot. Binge watch some Netflix this weekend. It's cool. fun. Okay. Uh, that always makes me want to turn to Blizzard and go Overwatch on Netflix now, please. But anyway, <laughs> also with us this week, the light half of the light void cycle. Although she, I think you play a Shadow Priest too. Yes, I do. <laughs> here's Anne. Anne plays a Shadow Priest, so I guess it's just two shadows. It's funny. I play the Shadow Priest, and also I play a Rogue. So it's not like I have a lot of characters that are like super <laughs> do-gooder. Oops. Oh That's well. Right. <laughs> to be fair, after what we saw Zero do, I don't know if the light actually counts as particularly uh, good. Yeah, I mean, I wrote a Know Your Lore on that, and I have I have a tinfoil hat coming out next Monday that should be interesting for those that are interested Can't wait. in that cinematic and the events therein. Um, but what have you been up to this week? Lots. Gosh, now I'm trying to like pinpoint one thing that I did. I mean, I've been doing Argus quests like nonstop. My priest hit 110 last week, so... Uh, I've been working on gearing her out, and I think she's at like almost 880 now, which is great nice. because I think she hit she was at like 675 or something when she hit 110. It was ridiculous, <laughs> but um, no, she's gotten kitted out pretty well. Uh, what else have I been doing? I've been collecting pets again. Um, I thought very briefly the other day. I was like, oh, you know what I should do because I haven't done this yet. I should go after the fishing artifact weapon because oh, that's I keep a thing. Getting that. That's a thing, and I should probably go get that done. And then I went to go do it, and it's like, oh, you have to catch all of these rare fish in all of these zones. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound so hard. And then I went to actually do that. It and takes forever. Yeah, I lasted about twenty minutes. I was like, nope, I'm out. Never mind. <laughs> I don't need. That yeah, I, I think weapon. I think I went through pretty much the same process like several months back, and yeah. every time I'm like bored or looking for something to do. It pops into my head for like a split second and I'm like, oh, I'll do that. And then I get distracted and forget that it's a thing. Yeah. I just, I, I was like, nope, never mind. But yeah, the latter half of the week was pretty slow just because um, I ran out of story stuff to do. So it was just doing world quests, which was not quite as entertaining. Um, however, there's a whole bunch of new stuff today. So I have a lot of things to do this afternoon after I'm not I'm actually work. looking forward to hearing both of you guys when you do the, the five man. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I still need to. I need to do the story quest, and then I need to do the five man, and both of those will yeah. probably happen later this evening because um, I was tempted they will. to do it during the stream, but I, one I didn't want to spoil. Two, I want to have like sound and everything. Yeah, don't spoil anything for people because not everybody. I mean, some people are listening from work. Yeah, which why aren't you working? But I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I, for one, support listening to us at work. <laughs> Even if you're getting nothing done and you have a very important job, it's okay. Well, okay, we, we might as well talk you. about. 
Okay. We should talk about some stories because top stories is happening, news is happening, and we should talk about it because that's what we do. Um, first up was something that um, was actually second up on the list, but I want to talk about it first. The uh, new pet, um, the the charity pet, has been released early Shadow. by Blizzard. Shadow the little fox, who is obviously a fennec fox. If you look at him, the ears are huge. He He's adorbs. This is a very cute pet. Toast this, this, adorbs. Um, this is another charity pet. Uh, 100% of the proceeds going to the, I think it's International and American Red Cross equally. Yeah, they're splitting them yeah. evenly. Um, the other uh, cool part about this guy, though, this is the, usually every year at BlizzCon, they release a charity pet. And this year, they decided to go ahead and release him early just due to everything that's been going on in the world over the past couple of weeks. With things on fire or on fire or hurricanes flooding, and it's not just the U.S. There's also like I think is it South Asia? Yeah, uh, South India, Asia South is experiencing Asia like it. crazy amounts of flooding. So um, they decided to go ahead and release this guy early, and I think that's great. I'm so glad that they decided to do that because I mean the <gasps> the stuff that's been going on has been so insane. Just the images coming out of these places are so insane. The amount of damage yeah. that has been done is so insane that anything that people can do to help is greatly appreciated. If, and if you're watching the stream, I actually just turned myself into it, and because you turned yourself into it, I oh, because you have yeah. that, you have the toy. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm carrying the dagger in my hands. Holy Aww, crap, that's funny. You're so cute, it's like too. A, like a little paw print. And your but shadow it looks form. Yeah, it looks different because of the new shadow form, too. So it's like actually different from the pet. Carrying that dagger is so cute. So, yeah, <laughs> Shadow the Fox is $10, or he's 10 euros, I think, if you're yeah. EU. Um, and 100% of the profi- proceeds, it's now through December 31st, just like all of their other charity drives. Yeah, so, it's, hey. it's it's more because it's going. It's starting now in September. It's, yeah, it's starting in November. September instead of November. So, <laughs> uh, again, I I feel like I need to point this out because I saw people on Twitter being kind of snarky about it. This is 100 percent for charity for four months. Blizzard isn't making a cent off of this until the new year. Yeah, none so of the it, none of the profits are going to Blizzard. They're all going to either Red Cross. They're being split between the two. Why so, did yeah. some people think they were doing this for profit? Yeah, and some people even snarked it to, to you know, people on it. I, I'm, I can't. Oh my God, Peculia, thank you. Oh my God, I couldn't come up with a name. Perk, yeah, no, a hundred percent, guys. Hundred percent like, yeah, no. means all of it, all of them, all of it. It's all going oh, to charity. All of it. Yeah, that's everything. That's why I have, <laughs> it's all that's going why to that charity, guy took folks. All my money. <laughs> Blizzard's not pocketing any of this. I mean, anything sold after December thirty first, yeah, okay, they'll make some money off of that. But the brunt of the sales on this thing are going straight to the Red Cross. So, also, so we should probably talk about the next story because we just got done talking about an animal that switches between shadow and light. Wait, hold um, on one second, because Robert okay. in the chat channel wants to know what toy that is where you could turn into your pet, Mitch. Um, it's the Magic Pet Mirror. It costs 500 battle charms. And where and can you I, purchase that? In Dalaran, in the pet shop. Um, Yay. Yeah, and like I've been saying, I think for several podcasts now... A really easy way to do that is to also go to the Dalaran pet shop and buy the shoulder enchant that yep. has random pet goods drop or uh, yeah, a pet satchel of pet goods or something. I still something. need to I don't do know. that. It's if you get that shoulder enchant, uh, you form up battle charms in no time. And if you do it on all your characters because the battle charms are account bound, you form it up even in no more nowhere time. 
<laughs> which is helpful for that toy yeah. because the toy will work for any character you have. So yeah, so it's it's a really it's it's my favorite shoulder enchant of the uh, expansion because pet charms are you know not always easy to get and you and just kind of do. And that toy is amazing. Play. Yeah, the toy is freaking awesome. And there's another toy that you can actually turn your pet into you. So. That's you have weird. A, a min- it's very weird, but kind Can of you funny. use them both so that your pet is you while you're your pet and just confuse I, the heck out of people? Probably. <laughs> I don't have that one yet. That costs a thousand. Alrighty. Uh, but I want to mention the Netherlight Crucible now because it's having quite the effect even though it just came out. Um, we had two tuning changes, one to it and one to players, you know, your, your characters. But before it even came out, they announced these. Um, the first tuning change was to various classes that we're going to basically see significant DPS decreases because certain classes get more out of their artifacts DPS than others do. And as a result of this, the item level bump was going to have an adverse effect, so they've buffed some classes. The clear winner on the buffing was Windwalker Monks, who got a 9% DPS boost. Straight up 9% buff. Um, After that, I think it was, I want to say Assassination Rogues and uh, Beastmastery Hunters, with survival hunters and um, subtlety rogues getting 5% buffs. Yeah. So it was a pretty substantial amount of buffing. And then they changed the way various Netherlight Crucible abilities are going to work, like the abilities you can put on your relics. They they changed those in a hotfix as well. So And then there were more hotfixes today, right? Yeah, there um, were. Um, actually, yeah. the one thing to note is that all of these tuning changes that were done for the Netherlight Crucible, um, they adjusted it the other direction for PvP. And the whole reason that they did that was so that PvP still stays the same. The only thing that's being affected by these tuning changes is the PvE stuff. Yeah, and what else did they? What did they hotfix today? I didn't get to see that. I know uh, they, out. I think they nerfed some stuff in Tomb of Sargeras. There like, are some. There are some hotfixes in testing for Tomb of Sargeras, um, and I don't know if those have been fully implemented or not yet. But the, the Kill Jaden ones have Warcraft devs confirmed that on Twitter. I don't okay. know about the other ones. What they did was they re- reduced the health of Kill Jaden, erupting reflection and shadow soul by five percent on all difficulties. Um, I think the radius and the max distance of some things has been reduced in all difficulties. And then on mythic difficulty, in particular, chaotic eruption damage and the knockup have both been reduced. Um, so, and that's just for the Kill Jaden encounter. Uh, for the Demonic Inquisition encounter, the number of Echoing Anguish debuffs has been reduced to two. It was three, and that's on Raid Finder, Normal, and Heroic. Um, I'm assuming Mythic is just staying the same as it was for that particular encounter. And then the other thing, and this is weird, right? This is straight up weird. <laughs> I don't know why this was in here, and I don't know what exactly it affects, but the Yetis of Feralis should once again have facial hair. Like, yeah, I didn't get to see that, so I'm not really disappointed. Did the models just not have it, or was it? did it mean they weren't dropping the fur that they should have been dropping? I think it means the models didn't. Uh, that's what I took it as. Cause... I wish I had seen that, because that sounds like a total, like, that sounds amazing and horrifying, like, in the best possible way. What are they, hipster yetis? What's going I on don't... here? They lost their beards, <laughs> so they aren't. <laughs> you have to have the full beard. Oh, hang on. Well, that's a point, though, since they're Yeti and they always have hair all over oh, themselves. Oh, okay. They were uh, shaving to be hipsters. I don't know. Reddit to the to the save the day. Um, there's okay. a picture. I will link it in chat right now. Oh, are you going to? Okay. Work and Twitch chat. But yeah, there's a picture. Their faces look kind of weird. Wait, so you're, you're, you're linking. Oh, wow. What is that? What? That's a Yeti without a face. What? My mind is just. 
It looks, yeah, it's free. Wow. <laughs> what the heck? Okay. I assume that's good that they got that VOD fixed then. It's, it's weird. It's like a mashup between a <laughs> troll and an orc. It's so Someone strange. Said it. <laughs> that's what looks like the baby between a boomkin and a trog. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That that actually that's an apt description. Wow, that is really bizarre. <laughs> so they were really literal when they meant that they had their facial hair back. I yep. thought maybe they were being tongue in cheek, referring to a drop that they didn't drop anymore for some reason. Nope. No, they were talking about the actual model. It didn't have its face on. <laughs> okay, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to recover from that revelation of what they look like without their <laughs> without their hair. That's that's strange. Okay, so yeah, that was pretty much it for the hot fixes, though. Um, okay, most, the, most should... of the hot fixes were just about the you know the Netherlight Crucible changes, and um, also the uh, the Argus Waystones. Those changes went um, in too. That, yeah, that actually went live. Yeah, the Argus Waystones have been removed, um, and any Argus Waystones that you happen to have, they've been converted to Veiled Argonite, and they've also increased the cap on Veiled Argonite for everybody. So you okay, that was out. that was one thing I was kind of curious about because I was doing the Argus storyline today, uh-huh. not really thinking about those because I forgot they were currency and not just something in your bags. Uh-huh. And when I finished, I was at nine hundred and ninety-nine out of two thousand, which I don't ever think I got a weird amount. I mean, it could have just been like coincidentally nine ninety-nine, but it felt I don't know. I'm, I question if it was actually in, and I'm curious to hear from others if they've actually passed a thousand. And if that was just I don't know, I'm sitting luck. at over a thousand right now, I think, on my main. Okay. Then but, maybe it was just really random luck of getting nine hundred and ninety nine. The, the part that annoys me, and I I'm gonna ask you guys this too. The the Argonite, the veiled Argonite, the only thing you can purchase with that stuff is the yep, upgrade the stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, gear. So That's when it. you don't need the upgrade gear anymore. I mean it's nine ten and there's chance to Proc tier gear and Titan Forge. Yeah, it's so. basically exactly like it was when you were doing um, the nine, the seven point two stuff, and you eventually had all the stuff from them you wanted, and you were basically just buying it to try and get a Titan Forge. But, but they had toys that cost like twenty five thousand at least. That's this is part, literally yeah, just the gear. And this is the part that's kind of bothering me right now is that with at least with Nether shards, I think the the cap on Nether shards was something like twenty k. Or something? It's, no, it's even higher because it's even higher uh, than that. Nether it's, shards. It, I don't think there is a cap. I'm mousing over. I had game. a crazy amount of nether shards, so yeah. I'm wondering why the cap is so low for veiled argonite. Like, why even have a 2k cap? Why not just remove the cap? I gotta admit, I don't understand when they cap any stuff like that. I mean, unless they're really afraid people will do nothing but farm veiled argonite forever. But I mean, well, if here's they really the fun part, right? I'm a casual player. I don't really do a lot of this. You know, I do like the world quests and things like that, but I don't spend all day doing them or anything. Um, I'm not exalted with these guys yet. Obviously, I'm a long way off, but I have all of this veiled Argonite and all of my stuff is already upgraded. Like all of my stuff is already. I mean, it's it's really the chance at tier gear and Titan forged upgrades then because you can always okay. theoretically have upgrades. And that's actually what Raiders complaints have been with Burnout this yeah. expansion is that there's always going to be something better. The, the Raiders do make that point. Um, I think it's just weird that they don't have a toy or anything, but I mean, I say this as a guy who never buys a toy, ever. I, yeah, see, I, I don't get the toys. I would love stuff. to add, have them add a toy or something. And Black Owl in the 
in the chat channel says, which reminds me, Chuck, still at 260k timeless coins. Yes, right there with you, buddy. God, I, <laughs> I still need to farm that reputation and that mount. Oh, it's a lot easier to farm that reputation right now. Yeah, I think it's, I do, it's so. super easy. But uh, we should probably talk oh, about some Overwatch stuff. Yes, because sorry, Rossi. We, well, one of the things we should talk about is the uh, both the Wasted Lands comic came out last week, and today they did a behind-the-scenes for the Junkertown map. And uh, basically, we're getting pretty serious uh, for Junkertown. It's it's coming soon, and they're talking about it quite a bit. And uh, you should probably talk about the Wasted Lands comic, because I get the sense you'd probably have read it, whereas I haven't yet, because I didn't know it was out. It honestly, I think this was probably the second weakest comic that they've released. And I would rate the train job one as probably the weakest comic that they've released. Because <laughs> um, the train job comic, it had like moments of intrigue, but at the, at the time that it was released, like if you go back and you look at train job now, there's several implications there that later paid off. But when it first came out, it was like, it's McCree sitting on a train. There's nothing interesting about this. Why did you guys release this? I don't understand. And I mean, I saw the little like connections with Talon, but they didn't mean anything back then contextually. And with this one, with Wasted Lands, it, it's, I wouldn't say that it's pointless because you find out why Roadhog and Junkrat went on that crime spree that they went on. They were trying to buy their way back into Junkertown because they got kicked out. And what Wasted Land does is Wasted Land explains a little bit about why they got kicked out. But even then, it's it's more like, here's how the two of these guys got together. But we're not going to talk any details. So there's the whole, you know, there's that whole hint that Junkrat has found something really, really extraordinary. But do we know what it is? No, because the comic doesn't shed any light into that whatsoever. <laughs> so I'm still dying to know. What did Junkrat find? What did he find that everybody in Junkertown was after? What was it? I mean, it was something huge. I don't know. Because I think there was like other organizations. It wasn't just the people in Junkertown. There were other people that were out for Junkrat looking for him, trying to get whatever he had gotten his hands on. And I'm like, what was it? We still don't know. This comic did not did not divulge yeah. any of those secrets. All it all well, it was was you know Roadhog walked in on Junkrat getting beat up in a bar and said, "Okay, I guess I'll help you out." <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I just I literally just sat and read this comic while you were talking about it. Yeah, it's not long. No, it doesn't it's not. have any real story. the The one thing I feel like it sets up is the fact that you start on Roadhog's farm yeah. in the Junkertown map, and that's like we didn't need a comic for that. Well, it doesn't actually you know, add much of anything fair, new. To be fair, I loved the art in this. I thought that was great. I loved the art. I loved the line art. I loved the colors. I loved the way it was put together. I thought it was really beautifully done. And I honestly think that's part of the problem, though. It's because just... it is good looking. It, it, you actually like to read a comic book about Roadhog and, and Junkrat and what they're doing, but you don't get one. I was just hoping that there would be more to the story than there was, because what was there wasn't really substantial. And it may be another one of those cases, like with Train Job, where, you know, six six months to a year down the road, we go back and we look at it and we go, oh yeah, there was hints to all this stuff in this comic. But right now, just as a standalone, it doesn't feel like it's given me anything meaningful. It, does it tease the queen of Junkertown or whatever yeah. at all? No, that was really. something that, it, <laughs> that, was something like that people seemed excited about. All it, like, says, was... all it says is that she's upset with, with Junkrat. Like, yeah, that's okay. pretty much it. That's, the it, actual... it establishes that 
the leaders are upset with Junkrat, and that's it. You the don't see her. Okay. Yeah. The behind the scenes things teases her a little more. Yeah. Uh, Michael Chu talks about her, and I got to be honest. At this point, knowing what little I do about her, I want her as a playable hero. That's because uh, he a talks lot of about. People seem to want. He talks about the scrapyard, and he talks about how she fought her way up to being head of Junkertown. Like she literally started off as a gladiator and fought her way through to becoming like head of the whole thing. And that's like, oh my god, I want to see that. I want to see more about it. I want to see a short that details that. I'm actually more interested in her now than I am in them, which is kind of strange because Junkrat and, and Roadhog are two of the more distinctive characters they have. No, see, I'm but, still interested in them. It's just they I'm haven't given them me too. anything about them. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in them too because, they, like I said, they're the two of the most distinctive characters Overwatch has. And one of the points they made in the in the cinematic was real in the behind the scenes video was really interesting in that they they've done a lot with Overwatch and with Talon and all that they haven't done as much to flesh out the world besides those those groups and that's what's cool about junker town is it's about people who aren't involved in those organizations it's about just people trying to live and the junker town itself is like a group of people who are just trying to survive i yeah that's the thing that i really liked about junkrat and roadhog in particular was their backstory they are from kind of the dirty side of the fallout of the omnic crisis and in a way sombra's there too um, and Lucio as well, because, I mean, Lucio, where Lucio came from, what happened to his city was terrible. And it was all that whole wake of the Omnic Crisis thing. Um, with Roadhog and Junkrat in particular, Roadhog, you know, pinpointing Roadhog, you think that he's kind of this comic relief sort of character. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't, you know, he's like the straight man in the comedy routine. But when you actually look at his backstory, it's it's kind of powerful what happened to him because he and the others that are involved in Junkertown right now, these were the people that were fighting the hardest against the Omnics during the Omnic crisis. And they were rewarded by that. Their government came in and said, we'd like to make peace with the Omnics. So you know all that land that you were fighting over? It belongs to them now. Yep. And, and that's actually a really big part of the Junkertown map. Yeah. They talk detail and that's one of the things i really like about it and it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like once you think about it it's like oh oh no that that sucks no wonder these guys are mad no no wonder these guys were were that upset no wonder these guys are revolutionaries or whatever it it, you know everything that they fought for was just taken away from them and given to the enemy that they spent all this time fighting and supposedly, you know, this enemy isn't an enemy anymore. But when you've spent that amount of time fighting these things, do you really think you're just going to be able to stand up the day after it's all over and say, okay, well, we forgive you now? No. <laughs> so there's a lot There's a lot to dig into there with that backstory, particularly with Roadhog. And I wanted to see more of that. And I wanted to see more about this mysterious thing that Junkrat found. And I didn't get any of that. And I'm kind of, like, bummed out that I didn't get any of that. I do appreciate the comic, because I do like it any time they release any sort of Overwatch lore. I just wish there'd been more to it. Yeah, we, since we've been talking about Overwatch for a while, we should probably move on to the other big Overwatch story, which is that Blizzard now has an arena of their own which in L.A., which was basically a former TV studio. Uh, which is a pretty big move, quite frankly. I, I don't, I, I didn't see it coming. I know a lot of us were pretty surprised by this. It was kind uh, of, yeah, that was a surprise drop. <laughs> yeah, it's just, 
I'm I'm still not sure like what they're gonna do with it. Besides, it's probably gonna be part of Overwatch League. I don't know if they're gonna use it for other properties. Like if we're gonna get to see like Heroes um, series on it, or like I know they're not gonna be doing like the October Brawl, which we'll talk about later. But I, there's a lot of games they could be doing stuff like you know StarCraft Remastered just came out. I could totally see some StarCraft on there. That would I'm probably sure Heroes of the Dorm has a new home now. Oh, yeah, I, exactly. I hope. Well, I, I'm more concerned about the uh, streaming home. The broadcast quality. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to be on Facebook Live again. It. Yeah, and I mean they they've had issues with streaming and stuff like that before. And the thing is, is when they have a dedicated space to do their own stuff, that means yeah. they can regulate all of the tech issues and that kind of thing, and handle that on their own. They don't have to. I mean, I don't know if there's a third party involved when you're dealing with streaming from a remote location. I don't know how that works. I'm not. I'm not in on that whole branch e-sports. of esports development or whatever. All I know is that if they have their own space that they have bought and purchased and put the equipment in, then they know that equipment. They know how to handle it. And if there's something wrong with it, like oh, I don't know, it's emitting a high pitched squeal through the entirety of a broadcast, <laughs> they can go ahead and fix that on their end. Oh my god, I, for- I forgot about that. that was it was so... pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, um, this is, they're calling it, it's the Blizzard Arena, and apparently the building housed The Tonight Show and Saved by the Bell. Those were in the same, okay. In the same building. Yeah, it's a studio in Burbank, so. Okay. Burbank actually has a lot of studio properties for that reason, so I'm I'm not surprised that it hosted weird stuff that you're like, what? But Well, it's it's more like late night talk show and Saved by the Bell, I would have assumed they had different sort of nope. no, studios are you know studios are studios you can film a lot of things in them what i just think it's interesting that they've got this now because like Ann just said they can control it a lot more it also makes me wonder how far in they're going for streaming and and esports well it's, from this it's it a seems pretty like big, they're diving yeah. right in i mean the they've the overwatch league they've put a lot into that to make it a big thing yeah, and it just couple months and it's, it feels yeah. like yeah, they feels like they've now this is another stage of commitment because the Overwatch League is big, but a lot of the money is coming from other people. Yeah, like you know, you're getting other people to spend their money. That's one thing. When you spend your money, now you're it's another level of seriousness, and this is yeah. a pretty big deal. I mean, um, esports is it's still evolving and it's still kind of making its way to the mainstream, and I think they're probably trying to get in early and take advantage of that. Well, plus you're going to see, I mean, one of the things, I don't know if we'll see it this year, but Blizzard puts a lot of esports into their BlizzCon event every year. And if not this year, next year, having a studio in Burbank means they can shift a lot of this stuff to that and have more space on the floor for actual convention and control exactly how well they broadcast it. So there's... I don't, I'd actually, I'd be disappointed if they took it away from BlizzCon, to be honest. The thing is, they open that entire new wing of the convention center, so I don't think that they yeah. can have an issue with space anytime soon. Yeah, there is that. Yes, but again, you're gonna you have to wonder: Are they going to want to do the quality of video you talked about? Are they going to want to have control of it that way, or are they going to want to have the immediacy of having an audience, or are they going to move people to the to their studio because studios have audience space? That's you know, if they if they film the Tonight Show there, they've got places for people to sit. There's it is fascinating to me to think about where this could go. So yeah. It's pretty uh, cool. Cool beans. Since I just talked about BlizzCon, we're, another segue. God, our segues are good today. Um, should we talk about the goodie bag that was announced? Yeah, why no. not? Okay. No. Just, just kidding. Go Here's ahead, the light buddy. and shadow part of our broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I, I gotta be honest, I've never gotten to go to BlizzCon, so the only times I've ever gotten a goodie bag are when they came with something else. Like like one year, you know, Alex was good enough to just give me one, and that was very nice of him. But in general, I've never actually gotten to see the goodie bag. I think so, you can buy them separately this year. You can. Yeah. And you can buy them even if you don't have a virtual ticket. So that's yeah. new. Um, what's going on with the goodie bags this year is that I believe if you have a virtual ticket, you get $10 off the cost of buying just buying a goodie bag. And then if you don't have a virtual ticket, you have to pay full price for the goodie bag. Um, and obviously, if you're attending there at BlizzCon, the goodie bag is free. It comes with your ticket. Um, yeah. But yeah, we got a reveal of what is actually in the bag and the bag Bell itself. Because the bag is a backpack, which is, <laughs> I think this is year three of them releasing a bag or some other mode of did they did they have bags last, last year? year was last year was the bag in the box it was called it was the bag in the box it, okay. it was it was the big box that it had because it had the mug and everything that's I right still the box yeah that's right um and then the Stein. year before that they had the the special it was like the 20th anniversary or i don't know it was it was the the, the uh yeah i know what you're talking about well the, they had the laptop kind of carrying case sort of yeah satchel thing yeah. I love that thing. I carry my laptop in that. My wife has one of those because it was so not, one of our friends got it for. It's actually really nice. The the, yeah. the bag. It's like a. It's not specifically a laptop bag. It's just no, like but it, a pastor bag. It, but it works really well as a laptop bag. Yeah, 2015 had the laptop bag, um, and then I think the year before that they had like the 20th anniversary. They had like the the bag that what do they call that bag? Messenger bag. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That's what it's. They called, had one of those the year before too, because I have both of them, and I I actually prefer the twentieth anniversary one because I like the color a little better. But <laughs> it's also not padded, so I don't think I remember what that one looks like. Um, it's pretty. It has a little dongle thing hanging off of it too. It's pretty cool. But I liked that one. I liked them both. So yeah, they're continuing in their tradition of giving us things to carry other things in, um, by handing us a backpack this year. And it's a nice padded backpack, fairly fairly good size. I don't know if you could shove a laptop in it or not. It doesn't look that big, but... It depends on the laptop size, probably. Yeah, probably a small one you could fit in there. However, it's all padded, and it's got a Velcro patch on the front, on the front of it, which works out really well because some of the other goodies in there include six Blizzard Velcro patches that you can put on your backpack wherever you want <laughs> on the Velcro panel. And then... Um, <laughs> What's the other stuff that comes with it? You get a cute... A cute but deadly Overwatch figure. Yeah, and then there's also a blind box. And it's a blind box. You don't know what you're getting until you open it. I like it when they do this, too, because yeah, you can open too. it, and if it's not one that you want, you can find a friend who has one, and you can trade. And people are trading all throughout the convention. It's pretty great. Um, the other thing that comes with it is a collectible pin. And I think they do the collectible pins pretty much every year. But you can put the pin on your backpack if you want to. And you also, there's a blind box Overwatch backpack hanger. It's a little hanger, keychain, whatever, dongle thing for your backpack. And that's a blind box too. You don't know what you're going to get until you open it. So almost everything that comes in the goodie bag is related to customizing the backpack that comes in the goodie bag rather than a bunch of other stuff that you may not use. I don't know I mean, how I'll, I feel about this. <laughs> I'll, say, the, I'll say up front the reactions that have been kind of lukewarm. Go ahead, Rossi. I wasn't sure my microphone was working. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say that one thing I miss is one year they had Diablo dice, like actual oh, dice. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. That was a good year. Yeah, I gave I those didn't... to my nephew. He was so excited. <laughs> I, I 
I did never not get them, obviously, and I've always wanted them, so I'm sad that they didn't repeat that. But, I mean, overall, it seems like a decent enough selection of stuff for me, since, again, I'm not going to get it. Uh, but, you know, uh, when you don't get it, when you know you're not going to get it, it's like everything looks so awesome. Well, you're like, oh, gimme. Some people are hoping that they're going to reveal more, because they're doing a stream, I think, tomorrow to reveal the first of the in-game goodies, and I think some people are hoping they'll do more, but I think they're... I think, I mean... My only thing is that, quite frankly, I don't want a backpack. I am old enough now that I don't use backpacks. That's why I often. liked the messenger bag, because I'm like, yeah. oh, I can yeah. use this for all kinds of things. It's like an adult thing to have. The backpack ba- is not something I'm going to chuck around with me. And this is coming from someone who carries around a mini backpack that's shaped like an owl. So <laughs> That thing's cool. I've seen it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for, for me, um, yeah, it would be better if it were a messenger bag or something else, but... I mean, if you like backpacks, that's cool. Um, and the fact that a lot of this stuff is you don't know what it's going to be, that's kind of cool because it does, as you pointed out, it does give it a collectible thing. That being said, I would like it if one or two of the things were guaranteed, like you knew what you were going to get. That's my I, – I don't know. But this this is a very Overwatchy bag, which implies to me that this is going to be a very Overwatchy um, BlizzCon, which is not really. – And that's, that's what a lot of people thought, and I don't – I, I kind of disagree there. I think it's mostly that Overwatch is a big franchise for them, and they're trying to cash Overwatch in on it. Overwatch is super huge right now. Cash, People... in, cash in sounds a little you know, dismissive, but it's, no, I, it's a I good franchise would, to promote. I get why they would promote it. I totally do. Uh, I'm just saying I am hoping, I'm hopeful that there will be a BlizzCon that is more widespread in what they sh- what we find out. I'm still holding out for that Diablo expansion or new game. I'm not going to stop. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm really playing a lot of Diablo lately, and I'm really enjoying it. You so. know we're going to get a WoW expansion announced this year. Yeah, I that's mean, why I'm not worried about it. They kind of have to do it. So. Yeah. I'm not sweating the WoW expansion. There's going to be a WoW expansion. You don't expand your team that big and not expand, not announce a WoW expansion. I know one's coming. I think well, and the other thing to point out too is that they didn't re- re- they didn't um, announce any of the virtual items that are coming out. Like because yeah, the goodie bag also comes with virtual thing. rewards that you get. Um, they are doing a live stream tomorrow where I think they're going to re- reveal the first of what's going to be included with that virtual ticket. Yeah. Um, and that's tomorrow. I forget what time tomorrow, but it is tomorrow. I think it's noon Pacific. I don't actually remember. I believe it's noon Pacific tomorrow. So you can tune in to uh, Blizzard on Twitch and they will have the virtual ticket hosts will be there. So it's Michelle Morrow, Alex Albright, and Malik. Malik? Malik. Malik. Fort- Malik Forte. Malik. Forte. I, I, Forte. I hate pronouncing names. I always feel horrible when I pronounce names yeah, wrong. Yeah, I know. I, never, I feel terrible I could never too be a because teacher. I really like that guy. <laughs> yeah. All, all three of them have done BlizzCon virtual ticket before and all three of them are really good at presentation and everything. So I enjoy watching them every year. So they're going to be talking about exciting changes that are coming to the virtual ticket and they're also going to be showing off the goodie bag contents and stuff as well. Um, I look forward to watching that one because yeah. I'm wondering Cal- what they're going to do to the virtual ticket. Callan in chat says, are the virtual items coming with the virtual ticket or the goodie bag or both? Uh, I mean, they, they have come with the goodie or the virtual ticket in the past. The virtual, the virtual items come with the virtual ticket. That's, that's but, part I mean, of the cost of the virtual ticket. Do we know that for sure? Because I know they, they are announcing like some sort of virtual ticket changes. Well, then, well, we'll, yeah. If we'll that's not, to... we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I can... it's been the case in previous years that the virtual yeah, ticket I was gonna includes say, the virtual items. If I was, they don't, I've got, I think I've got every virtual pet 
that ever was for every BlizzCon since the virtual ticket came out. And I've never been to BlizzCon, so it's always been the virtual ticket. I'm uh, pretty if they take sure... Later, people would be mad. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure if they remove that, if they remove the virtual items from the virtual ticket, people would be real ticked. Because uh, that's, that's... Virtual ticket. No. <laughs> Mitch, no. <laughs> Speaking of things, segue. Go, Rossi. Uh, but at this point, the only thing I can think of announcing since we talked about pretty much everything else... Um, their October brawl for Hearthstone has been announced. It started yesterday. Uh, basically, it, this is linked to your Twitch account if you have Twitch Prime. And if you don't have Twitch Prime but you have Amazon Prime, you can get Twitch Prime just by linking your account. So That's how if, you want, if you want to participate in it, you can. What it is basically is Blizzard has made two teams of streamers. Um, I can't remember any of the names of the streamers off the head. I, I wrote it, the article yesterday, but I don't remember any of them. Actually, I remember one, Ali Straza, because her name ends in Straza, and that's oh, yeah. cool. But uh, everybody else I can't remember, sorry. It's Team but Void, Team Light. Team Void yeah. is Dog, Fizz, 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 I don't know it's, how to pronounce his name. Fizz with a J in it, yeah. Fizz so with a J in it. And um, Jackie Chan, Team Light is Kriparian, Renaud, and Ali Straza. And, and basically, really, if you want to, the they, basically, they're, they're starting with nothing. They start on, like, blank accounts with no, with no cards or anything. And what happens is, is, is you're playing. If you have the special card backs that you get for being signed on to Twitch Prime, uh, you can either use the Call of the Void or Call of the Light card backs when you're playing. If you win while playing with one of those card backs, you basically generate a possibility for one of the two teams to get more cards based on the card you use. So if you use Call of the Light to, to annoy Mitch, um, then you'll give the team of the, the Light team chance to get more more packs when they get cards every week because they get 10 packs default every week. And if you play in, as Light and win games, you're helping them possibly get bonus packs in addition to that. And every Friday, which means as if you listen to this recorded as of tomorrow... Uh, there will be a, a a brawl on Twitch between a member of Team Light and a member of Team Void, which is all leading up to the finals, uh, October twenty first, I want to say, where they're going to be mm-hmm. at TwitchCon, where you're, they're going to basically the the two teams are going to go head to head to determine who wins this whole thing, and it's um it's pretty interesting actually. I've I've never seen them do something like this where they have you know professional streamers you know going head to head, but they also have you you can participate. By playing, just playing over, like playing Overwatch, by playing Hearthstone, and uh, playing Overwatch, that'll help. Yeah, as a fan <laughs> of Light and Void themes, uh, I'm sold. I don't even play Hearthstone that much, but I I just like how I they're like doing, doing this. this kind of thing. I like how they're doing yeah. this because each each week has a different theme to it, and they they'll they'll get ten packs each from two different expansions. So week one is the 11th through the 15th, and they get ten packs from Goblins versus Gnomes in the Grand Tournament. The next week they get ten packs each from Whispers of the Old Gods and Mean Streets of Gadgetzan. And then the next week, and they're named after, the first one is Wild Week and then Kraken Week. The week after that, the 25th through the 29th, that's Mammoth Week. And that oh, one so it's they like get... The- years and the yeah types of game modes. they get 10 packs from journey to angoro and knights of the frozen throne and then the fourth week october 2nd through the 6th all it says is weekly cards surprise format we have no idea what they're getting it'll be fun oh <laughs> so yeah even even if you're te- you know if the team you're supporting if your side doesn't win as many games they'll still get at least 10 packs but Quality? if you do win you know, so there'll be more Quallen in the chat channel says that the name that we were mangling 
The, the this with the J is usually pronounced Tice like dice. The IJ is Dutch and makes an AI sound. So, sorry, Tice. We got it right now. <laughs> Unless we got it wrong, still. I'm going to trust in Qualen, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we There was also the the one other thing uh, that was kind no of... No fly in Argus? Yeah. Yeah, they, you're not going to get to fly in Argus, period. Which it's not happening. It, it, peop, peop, some people are upset about this. Guys, it's it's the Legion homeworld. Like, come on. I'm going to be upfront. After everybody complained like mad when they put flying on, on into like, you know, Tanan jungle and everybody complained didn't. and they did. When they put flying in, into Tanan, at first everyone was like, yay, we'll get to fly there. Then it was like nonstop complaining that it, it ruined the zone. And I, you know, they didn't design Argus for flying and I'm pretty sure they want Argus to last as content for a while. I'm pretty sure if there was a way to get flying on it announced at any point, there would be enough people complaining that it was ruined, that it wouldn't be worth it. And I don't feel like Argus needs it. Like we, you can get around pretty fast on that zone. You um, can, and also, again, it's like the Legion homeworld. We shouldn't be able to just zoom in and out of places with ease. Like that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, I'm no. down. I'm down for no flying on Argus. Quite frankly, I have no Same problem here. with this. But I can understand why people are upset. You know, people like to fly. But not, at least up front, really... they front announced it too. Yeah, I'm not really mad about it because I mean, I I go back to zones like the Isle of Keldanas and also like Timeless Isle. We can't we, we still can't fly on Timeless Isle. Doesn't Back work. in vanilla you couldn't fly at all. You anywhere. couldn't fly anywhere. Back no flappy oh, flappy mounts at all. Time was so difficult back then if you only knew. I tell you what. And you I'm sorry I'll... you couldn't ride around on anything until level forty. <laughs> and it was slow as molasses. I want there's a zone uh, in vanilla, I remember, like, I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole of nostalgia here, but I remember having to go when we were doing the original um, Sprite Darter quests. Oh, you had God. to go to the hinterlands <laughs> with an egg and ride out to, like, the middle of nowhere to get this thing. And I remember being chased. I was, like, level 43. I remember being chased through the entire zone by level 46 dire wolves that would not get off of me. <laughs> <laughs> who would literally kill me and I'd have to res and run and they'd come kill me again from across the zone. Yeah. There was no flying. and you Times just... were different back then. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I'm always going to be the wrong audience for this. Maybe I'm Why always going to be the guy. to go back there? <laughs> I, I just I... don't understand. Yeah, I would still love vanilla Cerberus, but that's different, different topic. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm not not really worrying too much about flight however it is now pretty late into the show and we should probably do some emails uh if you have an email for the show please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzard watch in the subject line so we know it's for this show um and usually reads them for us and hopefully she'll be willing to do so now if not i don't know what's going to happen uh Anne? i'm not willing to today rossi i am you do that's a terrible hand impression <laughs> That I'm insulted, frankly, Mitch. I, but I would be too. But that's okay. That We're gonna go. That wasn't an earnest attempt at an Anne impression. Don't worry. <laughs> We're gonna go to our first email from Lomshank Wormrester Accord, who says, "Hello, watchers. In the throne room of Orgrimmar stands Sourfang, handing out the War Chief quests. But the WoW official website doesn't list a leader for the orcs, but has Thrall listed as a quote unquote paragon in place. Is Sourfang the current or future leader? If not." Who do you think should? Thanks, Lomshank. I think we've discussed this before. Yeah. I feel like we have. Yeah, probably. A week or two ago, there was a question about orc leaders. Uh, yep, Ron. Sorfang doesn't care about leading. Really 
Sorfang doesn't care about leading. Sorfang cares about getting stuff done. That's he's it. handing he's out there. the quest because somebody has to do it. He's that guy who's like, oh, there's nobody here to do this thing. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do it. Okay. We just need to get it done. Here, you Whatever. go do this thing. Take, take this quest. Just do it. Come take on. it for the war chief. Who's the war chief? Uh, Sylvanas. Don't She's ask. busy somewhere else. It's complicated. No, it's... <laughs> um, yeah, the orcs don't have an appointed leader. Neither do the trolls. They're both gone, and nobody has stepped up in their place. It it feels a little weird right now too, because the only the only vanilla leader left right now is Sylvanas, because Lorthamar didn't come in until Burning her. Crusade. And he's not even the original leader of the Blood well, Elves. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we do still have the Night Elf one. Taronda's still around. No, but I'm talking well, Hort, about like Hort on the side, Horde though. side. I'm talking okay, about on the right. Horde side here. Like the, the only vanilla. Side, uh, Lion side, you could also say the only, there's only van, one vanilla leader left, and it's Sylvanas. Wait. Or not Sylvanas. Yes, yeah, so Lion side is also <laughs> Sylvanas. Oh, my uh, God. I was going to say, what game are you playing? Because that... Things just got weird. Legions <laughs> really changed things up, you guys. Tyrande's but yeah, Toronto. Yeah, but Toronto is the only alliance one. I mean, look at it. The rest of them all either came in in BC or are completely new. Yeah, it's there's been there's been a lot of shift in the leadership of both factions over the past several years. And as far as as far as um, the alliance goes, yeah, okay, because Magni's gone. But now, hang on, the High Tinker is still the High Tinker. He's there too. Okay. All right. People who leaders who count. Leaders who whoa, count. Whoa. The high tinker was Someone's was admittedly kind of absent. Well, he wasn't absent. He just didn't do much. He just stood around in Tinker Town. He's just really tiny, and no one saw him. I love oh, yeah, gnomes. I'm just gonna say I love gnomes, and I I really think that the high tinker that Mechatork should have more stuff to do, but. I like that he was involved in the in the WoW cinematic for Legion. Like Me not, not too. the actual cinematic, but the you know the the whole. Chore. We gotta get off. Yeah, he was there, and that was cool. He shot but someone in the face. I I really feel like you're not gonna have Sylvanas in Orgrimmar. No, it just looks weird. Uh, she, there's no way she's gonna like move to Orgrimmar and sit in like the Bone Throne or whatever. She, she it's doesn't. Not her... <laughs> the Bone Throne. <laughs> it's gonna be. Well, I know what whatever. the title for this show is gonna be. <laughs> uh, well, that'll confuse Google. <laughs> no, we're going to find something different. Not Sylvanas on the Bone Throne. Anyway. <laughs> I think. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. No. uh... <laughs> It's only three in the afternoon, but good night. Oh. We are done. Uh, Sylvanas, yeah, she's still in Undercity. She's not going to leave Undercity. That's her home. And I don't, as far as the Horde goes, I'm, I mean, I'm going to put the Alliance aside for the moment. And I'm just going to look at the Horde. Because the Horde in particular, almost everything that happened was because of Cataclysm and the fallout from Cataclysm. Because Cataclysm, Thrall was out. Once Thrall was out, Karen died in that duel as like a direct result of Thrall leaving because if Thrall hadn't left then Garrosh wouldn't have been put up in his place if Garrosh hadn't been put up in his place Karen wouldn't have challenged him to a duel Karen wouldn't have died Karen luckily had a son Bane who stepped up and took over but then we lost Vol'jin and when we killed Garrosh at the end of Miss of Pandaria we didn't kill him when we defeated Garrosh at the end of Miss of Pandaria the orcs were left leaderless and had nobody and nobody stepped up and said okay well I guess I will lead the orcs now nobody did that and then 
when Vol'jin died, nobody stepped up to say, okay, I'm going to lead the trolls now. And I mean, we talked about that a little bit about who should lead the trolls and that kind of, I know we discussed that in detail. So the Horde has had like this kind of tumultuous thing going on where all of their leaders have turned over over the space of like a couple of years. Um, And Sylvanas is the only one left over from Vanilla. And what's scary is that when the Horde initially formed... It was the Torin, the Orcs, and the Trolls. None of those guys have the original leaders anymore. The Forsaken didn't join until that period after the Third War, in between, you know, the end of Warcraft 3 and the start of World of Warcraft. And they had to, you know, the Torin had to kind of argue for their place in the Horde and allow them in, similar to how the Forsaken kind of had to argue about the Blood Elves and put the stamp of approval on those guys before Thrall would say, okay, I guess we'll go ahead and take you guys. So... That initial triad of trolls, orcs, and Torin, all three of them, two of them are leaderless and one of them has the guy's kid in place. It puts the horde in a really weird spot. I will lead. No. <laughs> oh, all right, I guess that, that's Alliance side. When you started Alliance back in vanilla, Varian wasn't even there. Andwin was there. Andwin. <laughs> Wait, in there. a way, they do actually have their vanilla leader back. Yeah, because oh, Andwin was true. there. I mean, he was leading kind of by proxy. It was more like Bolvar and um, Prestor. Anixia. Yeah, Anixia. It was, like, it was Anixia with Bolvar having some nice strings on his back that she used every so often <laughs> to get him like, to say yes to things. Make him nod, nod his head. But, that's why, um, That's why. and we, we are really going to have to move on because we have other emails to list, but that's why Bolvar was so cool when he finally came out of it. Yeah. He was. Yeah, so that, I don't think we really answered who should be in charge, but that's because it's complicated. I believe people have said that, for the record, Sourfang is is kind of the de facto leader, but I don't know if anything official has ever been put in place, so I don't know. But then, is there really even an official process for transferring leadership? Like, so uh, just other, a thing... other than the, the war chief, like, the way it used to be was the war chief of the horde was also the leader of the orcs, and he just appointed a new guy. Yeah. yeah. And then after after Garage, they literally just kind of went with, okay, Vol'jin, because nobody else wants the job. And then Vol'jin yeah. was like, ah, uh, Sylvanas, I just got stabbed, so it's, I guess it's you. So yeah, right the now the whole told thing me is it's messy. yours now. Have fun with that. It's gonna end okay. well. But it was yeah. Nice knowing you, buddy. So. Yeah, that doesn't really answer your question, Lomshank, except that Sourfang is kind of the de facto leader of the orcs at this point. I don't think that he really wants to be in that position. It's not a position that I don't think... The thing about Sourfang is, like, at the end of Wrath, he seemed to be, like, he was fairly content to hang out up in Northrend. He's ready for retirement. Yeah, he he was ready for retirement, and now he's not. Um, so I don't know how happy he is about being leader, but let's go ahead and move on to the next email. Next email is from Select. That's their name. Who says, greetings and salutations, watchers. I've mained a rogue since I started playing at Burning Crusade. Yeah, high five, buddy. Me too. And like many of us, have always had alts. Recently, I've started playing more of them in hopes of at least unlocking all of the artifact weapons. I normally like to try out classes that are different from rogue, but have really come to love Windwalker, Feral and Balance, and Demon Hunter. What are your favorite alts? Have any surprised you with how much you liked them? Any you can't you just can't stand or get into as always keep up the good work proud patron and fan select alts i like warriors uh, <laughs> <laughs> rusty has Rust? like a million warriors so i don't know if his opinion really counts you have a paladin uh, though don't you in a death knight i have a death knight who's actually 110 that i actually play from time to time okay my paladin is stuck at 103 and it's never getting the max level okay. actually my hunter was a lot of fun 
I actually really like Hunters. I think they're fun Did to play. Did you get the Hunter to 110? No. Okay. But I, I enjoyed the Hunter. The reason it hasn't gotten to 110 is purely because Diablo 3 happened, and I've been playing my Barbarian alt. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Hunter ended up getting stalled because of that. But uh, of the characters I've, of the alts I have, the one I've gotten to max level and enjoy the most is my Death Knight, because Blood DKs are just awesome tanks, and I love tanking on them. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Paladin, I, I try so hard. I really should go prot with it. I keep trying to go ret because I keep feeling like I should, but <clears throat> no, I should probably go prot Paladin because then it would just be super easy and I could just level through the invasions instead of trying to actually play the class, which which is a problem for me because I don't like holy power. And that's a real issue. It's not even like it's not a lore thing. It's not a dislike for Paladins. It's holy power. I don't like holy power. All right. Um... What about you, Mitch? Do you have any alts? I, I have alts, but I've always been, like, Shadow Priest. Like, I started my Priest. I played Warlock for the first little bit of Vanilla, and then I started Shadow towards the end of Vanilla. Uh, and I always kind of rotate between alts. Like, I always find something fun in most of them. Uh, the only class I've not leveled, or uh, in a long time at least, I was a Druid. And I that was, like, back in Burning Crusade, I got a Druid to, like, 70-something or 60-something. But I haven't really leveled a Druid in a long time, at least to like current content. If that's it was the only class. Crusade, it would have ended at seventy. Yeah, yeah, I think it was sixty-two. Um, and I, I actually I leveled recently to like fifty something, but still, I druids are the one class that I haven't ever really gotten into the way I've gotten into other alts, and I think it's more just because I have so many alts now that I don't have time to level another one. Um, but I, I don't know, I. I like things every now and then. I was I was genuinely surprised by how much I loved Demon Hunters in, uh, especially during the beta phase. Um, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that they could explore places uh, because of double jumping and glide and all that stuff. It had less to do with the mechanics, like the fight mechanics, because I just I love exploring in the game, like areas I'm probably not supposed to go. You didn't hear that blizzard, um, and they <laughs> they were really good at doing that kind of thing and that kind of that brought a different sense of fun back to the game that i had sort of missed so that was the most recent surprise is i didn't actually think i would get that back when blizzard nerfed like wall walking and stuff way back in the day um but yeah i mean mostly i stick to my priest honestly i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 100 on why i like demon hunters and why i actually played my demon hunter for a while you can go up to the top of mount hygel on a demon hunter and then dismount your flying mount and just fall forever. You can f- glide all the way to Nordrassel. Not Nordrassel, Teldrassel. All the way. All the way from Hygel, all the way down to the island. You will actually glide right through the, you can't, you know, oh god, fatigue water. And you'll glide right through it and land in that little village with the portal. Straight up. It, 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 you'll be, and it, you know how long the fall takes you? 15 minutes. Well, actually, that, that sort of reminds me, and this sort of ties into the exploration thing. Uh, back in Vanilla, when you couldn't you weren't supposed to be able to get into Hyjal, but you could get into Hyjal. Um, there was that one little area on the very western side, and it, it almost looked like a diving board because you could jump right off of it. Um, and as a priest, if you had levitate, you could jump off of it and levitate from Hyjal to Aberdeen, and you would land on like the inn. And as a horde character, that meant you were on top of the inn in a starting zone in the enemy faction. And it was really fun. I have a really yeah. good prank story about that, but that's beside the point and would get us really <laughs> off topic. It's a really good prank though. I, oh man. Okay. Uh, alts, as far as alts go, um, my rogue, much like you select, I, I have a rogue and I've made that rogue since Burning Crusade. 
um, both raiding and non-raiding. But I also currently at 110, I have a druid, a shaman, a shadow priest, and two hunters. Not one, but two, because one of them was a leveling stream hunter. And then while I was done with the leveling stream hunter, I leveled another hunter because <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> On the These horde things side. happen. So I, have a, so I have an alliance one and a horde one. Um, I have a bunch of other characters that are kind of high level but haven't gotten into Legion content. I have a paladin that's waiting in the wings to be leveled and I haven't leveled her because I just find paladins so boring to play and I apologize to everybody that plays a paladin (laughs) and really enjoys it. But to me, it's just never been that entertaining. (laughs) I tried. I really did. It has improved. It's Since improved, I guess, but it, it's, it's just, it's not a style of play that I really get into or enjoy. It's the same reason why, and Rossi's going to kill me here, but Warriors, I never really <laughs> got into Warriors for the same reason. It's just, um, I think the contrast between Warriors and Rogues is too severe. Like, I'm used to, with my Rogue, I tear things up and I attack things super fast, Right. Um, my weapons are just constantly moving. I'm constantly doing things with them. With a warrior, you have to wait in between things, and it just feels like everything's going a lot more slowly. Isn't it a lot what faster? Were you playing? Now? Like, I don't know. It was early levels. Faster. It was early levels, though, Rossi. And the last time I tried to level a warrior was like, well, because they used it? to have. I think it was like end of Cataclysm or beginning of Mists of Pandaria. Because well, Heroic Strike used to be on the next hit. I think it was Heroic Strike, but they used to have a lot of mechanics that was like on your next strike you do this, and now a lot of it's just abilities. Yeah, it just it Fury never... a lot faster. It, it, well, it there was there was something that was on your next swing. And maybe I should try leveling a warrior again just to see how they oh, no, change. But stay it, away. Stay away. <laughs> Stay away from my class. <laughs> no, seriously, like you know, I, I have the exact opposite problem. Like rogues feel they're frenetic. To, they're so not, quick. Frenetic and quick sound Squishy. good. Rogues play like they have they're on they have ADD. Yeah, I'm sorry. and I like that. Like <laughs> oh like, yeah, when when I play out. my rogue, I like I strafe left and right while stuff is being stunned. I spam buttons. You know, that, constantly should... jump while you're attacking things. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. It's just and fun. One if thing it, I want. Yeah, if it's like very fast paced. For, yeah. for me, for me, warrior is just the right mix. Like I really like fury right now, where yeah. you build you build up rage and then you hit like rampage, and you do a controlled burst. But rogues do it differently. If you like the way the rogues play, cool. I, don't. I think. Whereas I think... for apologizing for not liking paladins is just crazy. Well, I think, and I think the difference. I think the difference between the warrior and the rogue is that the warrior you have to get hit to build up rage to actually do your abilities. Not whereas anymore. with a rogue. Or okay, well, back when I was leveling a warrior, yeah. that's how yeah. it worked. Okay, um, with a rogue, you started out with a full energy bar every time, and then you just like expended your energy and regenerated it on well, like this constant cycle. Rogues, even then, when you were the rogue, you'd spend energy to generate combo points to do which things. you then used. Yeah, yeah. With warriors, it was always get enough fury to do something, yeah. and it still is oh, to a degree. Rage. It's just how how you get the fury is different. How much rage yeah. to to do stuff is different now, but it's still basically the same thing. So if you don't like it, you don't like it. I get why people don't like it. Yeah, and um, I mean that was that was the main one that I couldn't like really get into was the plate classes. For whatever reason, the plate classes, even death knights. Death knights are okay, but like. 
I don't know. Death Knights just... play more. Death Knights play more like a rogue in that they start with runic power. Yeah. And then generate uh, runes, and then they use the runes for some stuff, and they use still the pretty runes. slow attackers though. Well, I maybe just, not Frost. I, I never. I don't, I don't know if it was just like the class itself or the class fantasy or whatever that I just couldn't get into, but I just. Death Knights never really appealed to me. And I mean, I tried playing a couple of them over the past several years, and I've just never been able to, like, level them. I think out of the current stable of alts, I mean, my rogue is always going to be my favorite. I love the rogue class. I love playing a rogue. And for all the complaining that I do about how we only get daggers and we can't transmog to anything else but daggers and that kind of thing, I still love how rogues play. I love how fast I can kill things. I love how I've got an oopsie button that I can use to get out. Like, if if things are going bad, I can always vanish. I love that. I think out of my other alts that I have... I love playing them for different reasons. The one that took me the most by surprise was my druid, because my druid was the first character that I ever rolled in World of Warcraft back in Vanilla. And I decided to go ahead and catch her up and level her through Legion, because why not? And um, instead of going Feral, because Feral was pretty much what I played almost exclusively, either that or Guardian, I decided to go Balance this time to see what that was like. And... I really like playing a balanced druid. I did not think I would, but I do. Um, the Legion version? Yeah, Legion about? version's great. I have okay, a lot yeah, of fun playing it. Because Legion version's a little different than it was in the past. Yeah, but... I have a lot of fun playing the Legion version. It's kind of like a, a slimmed down version of I do, what balance I love originally the giant was. moon. I love yeah, seeing the moon crash. Dropping a planet on somebody is great. Yeah. <laughs> and because it it hits like you're dropping a planet on somebody too. It's not just like, oh, that's a cool graphic. It's like, here's a moon slamming down. Oh, there goes more than half their health. It's And it's this, it, it's literally, it's a giant planet that's just pew, pew, right on top of the dude. It's the coolest looking thing. Um, and See, this the is other, why I like Rampage. The other thing that Rampage I liked, is that kind of ability. The other thing that I liked about Balance was that like, um, with the right glyph, I can still look like my druid, so I can see my transmog and everything. I don't have to be boomkin form if I don't want to be, which I appreciate. Um, I do still like Feral. I think Feral's kind of a fun spec, but I did not expect to like balance as much as I do. So all of my alts get kind of equal time gameplay, but none of them get played as much as my rogue does. Yeah, that's kind of how I am with my priest. I also wanted to say I've had a rogue... Like, Rogue and Warlock were the other two classes I had in vanilla, and Rogue is almost always one of the first classes I level to the level cap after my priest, because Rogue is, I, I don't know, it's been a classic character for me. Mm-hmm. I love, I especially love PvP on the Rogue. Yeah. We're going to do one last email here. This is from Ashanti, who says, Hey Watchers, I'd like to hear your thoughts about weapon skills and their future in-game. Currently, nearly all melee specs have skills with weapon limitations. Come 8.0, should Blizzard make a stand and let those limits stay, or abolish those that make no sense? Example 1, arms not knowing dual wield and skills not supporting it. Remember, Sword of the Morning. Example 2, Blood DK not having any limits except no dual wielding, but Frost and Unholy tied to just one weapon type. Example 3, two-handed swords with agility only for survival hunters use in 8.0. So... I think what they're asking here is, you know, those those classes that have those melee classes that have those weapon limitations, should those be lifted or should they stay in place? Lifted for the sake of class fantasy, I'm assuming, like like lifted so that, you know, arms not knowing dual dual wield, maybe No, that should... shouldn't be lifted. Okay. 
What about Here's, like? Uh, I'm gonna just. I want to jump on that because it's something I've been thinking about a long, long time. Uh-huh. Uh, if Arms gets dual wield, you've already got a situation where Arms and Fury are too much alike right now because they both use exclusively two-handed weapons. So all their transmogs look exactly the same. Uh, if arms, which gets is kind of like what subtlety rogues and assassination rogues run into, because both of them use daggers exclusively right now. Yeah, at least Fury dual wields two handers, so they have two instead of one. If arms gets dual wield, you're basically in a situation where arms either is dual wielding one hand weapon, so it's still just like Fury, except the kinds of weapons it uses, or it's using a two hander or dual wielding, which means it gets something that we don't even let Death Knights have. Death Knights can't do that. If you're a Frost DK, you can't use a two-hander anymore. If you're Blood or Unholy, you can't do wield anymore. If I think we're going to go back yeah. to, to a situation where you allow people to do that kind of thing, they, they're going to need to rework all the abilities that restrict it. The reason that arms, arms abilities don't work dual wielding, that's how they restrict it. And Fury doesn't have abilities that work without dual wielding. Like all, all of these things are tied to weapon now. If you go back and look, like look at a Death Knight... They actually even say stuff like must have two weapons or must have one weapon. They 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 deliberately went out of their way for it. I'm stuff going like to pipe that... up here and I'm going to point out that, again, going back to rogues, since we're talking melee classes, assassination rogues use mutilate. That ability requires daggers. You can't use another weapon. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. Period. I, I'm not necessarily opposed to it in situations like that. I am opposed to arms dual wielding. I am. I'd like to right be able now. to use something besides a dagger. <laughs> no, no, that's my point. That's my point. I'm not opposed to this idea for rogues for mutilate. I'm opposed to it for arms with dual wielding because arms needs to be less like Fury, not more like Fury. That's one of the reasons I think instead of doing that, Fury should be able to dual wield one hand weapons. Fury should be the dual wield cl- spec, not the dual wield big weapons only spec. So that's where I would go with that. As far as two handed swords with agility only for s- survival hunters, yeah, it's a little weird. borked. It's weird, but. I mean, I, I still used, uh, even back in the day, I used agility two-handers. Alduar, one of the best two-hander you could get was an agility weapon. And all the warriors and paladins and death knights used it because agility was not great for us, but it was okay. I mean, as long as we don't go back to the days where every weapon is a hunter weapon, yeah. I'm cool. But well, we kind of <laughs> are right now. Right but, now, but, agility two-handers, I mean, it matters for leveling to 100, but after that, it's artifacts. So, like, as far as distributing items in raids uh if they don't keep artifacts or some sort of similar system around they might have to you know change things up because uh, then it would be like yeah, well this boss really, yeah. yeah artifacts really do skew this because it's very hard to know what they're going to do like yeah i i don't know what they're going to do so it's very hard for me to say yes or no to this i i, I my my gut is don't make arms more like fury that's my gut that's the I, first thing someone says I'm like, no, God, don't let arms do wield. That's not the way to go. I think in terms of, uh, maybe if this was what he, the asker was getting at, Ashan Chi, um, if, if you mean, like, how does a warrior suddenly forget how to use a two-handed weapon just by switching specs? Like, I, I get where, like, that might not make sense. Like, you shouldn't realistically forget how to use a weapon if you already know how to use it. But I think um, they should keep what they have in at least in terms of, like, if you're dual-wielding something, you if they expand it at all, it should be dual-wield to dual-wield or, like, two-hand to two-hand. But it shouldn't be like, well, this class can dual-wield in one spec um, but uses two-handers in another. Let's make them both use two-handers or dual-wield, whatever they want. I think it's 
it makes it unique when specs have limitations to a degree. And I think it would also be hard to kind of like, I don't know if balance is the right word, but it, it just, it would complicate things more if. Limiting mutilate to daggers is a very different situation, in my opinion. It's too limiting. Yeah. Here's, here's my input on the topic. And this is coming from somebody that, again, has played a rogue since Burning Crusade. I started playing Assassination at the end of Wrath of the Lich King. And the reason I started playing Assassination was because it was the spec that did the most DPS. <laughs> So yep. I had to swap swap out of combat and go ahead and switch over to daggers. Do I have a problem using daggers? No, not initially. I did not. Initially, I was like, okay, yeah, use a dagger, do the mutilate thing. The problem is, is that was Wrath of Lich King, and we are so many years later, all the way into Legion, and that's still my only option for weapons. My only and option. we have transmog too. I have which... to use that weapon type. I have no other options of using any other weapons and whatever dagger models they come out with I just have to be happy with those with the introduction of transmog that helped a little bit because I could use other dagger models that I liked better but I have so many weapons in my arsenal like in my wardrobe that I just can't use on my main because I'm limited to daggers I've always been limited to daggers I've never been able to use another weapon as assassination period because of that one spell that requires it and I don't it's not that I don't like it it's that I'm bored with it <laughs> I, that's I think the thing fist weapons at least would make sense at least the, fist I, weapons going, or going from dagger to like a mace because the only it, I can see why that's restricted I think sorry, the only you class, sorry what was that no you're, you're right go the only the only other class really that uses fist weapons like uh, enhancement shaman right Enhancement shaman sometimes monks, yes and monks, monks sometimes oh yeah monks and 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 that's it and fist weapons are cool I mean I've got several different fist weapon models that are super cool in my wardrobe that I can't use on any of my characters because I don't play a monk and I don't play an enhancement shaman I guess if I played those characters then okay I could use those but the point is I originally got those on my rogue and I used them on my rogue when I was playing combat. And then when I switched, as soon as I switched to assassination, did I do more DPS? Yes. But the ability to switch things up and the ability to have any kind of variety in the weapons that I chose went out the window when I changed my spec. And it didn't bother me so much back in Wrath or even in Cataclysm. But as we got further on with different expansions, it's just gotten really stale and really dull. And I don't, I wish that they would open it up. And I don't mean just for transmog purposes. I mean, in general, I wish that they would go ahead and remove that dagger's restriction on mutilate and give us another weapon type to work with. I just, it really, yeah. it adds it, some it, variety that, that that spec in particular desperately needs. Some of these, like, I don't understand what limitations Frost and Unholy are tied to. Uh, Frost can use any weapon that they can use in dual wielding. They can use axes or whatever. It's just that they don't. I mean, Blood Decay not having any limits except no DW, but Frost and Unholy tied to just one type isn't true. Like well, Unholy, can, can, Unholy can, can use do dual wield. Frost only dual wields. Or not? No, use... no. Do they? Yeah, I think and Frost only dual wields. Blood Decay only use only doesn't dual wield. Unholy only doesn't dual wield. Unholy and, and Blood have the exact same limits. Well, and I, I think what no the, difference. I think what the person was getting at was like, how does it make sense for a Death Knight in general to forget how to use weapons? Yeah, of but, the, but, but the sentence, the way it was say, it says Unholy tied to just one type. That's not true. Straight up, that is not the case. Unholy and De and Blood use the exact same weapons. There's no difference between the two specs. And Frost, 
isn't limited to just swords or whatever. It uses anything that a, a death knight can use. They can't use fist weapons, but I, and I don't know if they can use maces or not, honestly, because I've never tried. But um, they can definitely use axes. And yeah, you know, but it's uh, yeah, basically but in saying terms, if you're in terms of type, argue, there's dual wielding versus wielding a two hander. Then it doesn't make sense to say not having any limits except dual wield, but frost and unholy are tied to just one type. Unholy and blood are the same. They, there's no difference between them. So that example just isn't accurate. But for the rest of it, uh, I I honestly it's don't still, really have a problem with it. It's still one of those things where it's like, do those restrictions need to be in place? And I can see points where, yes, you would want those restrictions to be in place so that the specs are kind of, you know, they're different from each other. So honestly, there's a variety to choose from there. And we're going to be up front. Mm-hmm. They, introduced, they introduced the dual wield for Frost only thing in, in this expansion. They didn't have that before. Uh, Frost could dual wield, but they didn't have to. And the other two specs could dual wield, but didn't ever. Couldn't Frost also tank at one point? Uh, well, yes. they all could, but that's not. Yeah, for all three specs could tank. And oh, that's it. right. They, but they introduced that, that particular thing in this expansion, and they did it for a lot of classes and specs. Like, they did it for Fury, where Titan's Grip became the only thing, and Single-Minded Fury was out. They did and it, it for a lot of it was because they were trying to differentiate between the specs. Yeah. So that each and spec I, had its own little appeal. That's why That's why combat got changed to Outlaw. Because yeah, combat and, was just like, well, you're engaging in combat, and you can use a variety of weapons to do that. Now we have this whole swashbuckler aesthetic thing that is, it's different. It's okay. It's not my cup of tea. I still like assassination. And I feel like I should point out, I'm not complaining about the assassination spec. I do like it. I love playing my rogue. I still play my rogue as my main. It's just, it's gotten a little stale. And when you see all these other classes having these, you know, gigantic class overhauls and everything between expansions, whereas assassination gets, you know, like a little handful of changes. Okay, I appreciate that on the one hand, because it means I don't have to relearn my spec when I play a new expansion, and that's appreciated. On the other hand, a little variety never hurt anybody. And I think that if they lifted the weapons restriction, that would give me enough variety that I'd be happy. Yeah, I really do do think a lot of this depends on what we get next expansion instead of artifacts. Like, if we start picking up new weapons again, then I feel like letting players, like, letting Fury Warriors dual-wield one-handers again, letting rogues use Mutilate with, say, axes and swords... Just or, give me you know, fist weapons. That, Just give me fist weapons and I'll be things. happy. <laughs> letting letting Death Knights again choose whether or not they want to dual wield. Like if a Frost Death Knight wants to just use a two-hander like everybody else, let them let like a Blood DK dual wield if they want to. Uh, stuff like that I have no problem with. I do think, however, arms and fury are special cases because they got to do something to differentiate. They're too yeah, similar. Yeah, that's understood. That's understood. I, I think they should give arms actual arms like additional arms so they're kind of like shivara honestly they can <laughs> you want to hear quadruple you, wield you want to hear my real crazy theory that it'll never ever happen what? my crazy theory for warriors is you basically just give everybody titan's grip that way prot warriors can tank with a two-hand weapon and a shield fury warriors can use a, a dig two-handers or one-hand weapons when they when they dual wield and arms warriors can actually use another two-hander just tape to the first just tape it and you're hitting people with two swords at once no that one's silly i don't know what you'd do for arms see every time i think about arms as a spec i keep thinking that that's based more on your armor than it is on your weapons and then i get weird mental images of just throw more spikes on it 
<laughs> there used to be like a joke where instead of a mace, arms warriors like would equip like a gnome rogue on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> and poke he, people he with would it. Just, he just stunned people constantly. <laughs> it was like the new thing with a gnome rogue on a stick who was just stunning everybody just when you hit them. make them like your pauldrons. Put them on your shoulders instead of the big axes. Put put like a couple of gnome rogues up there and let them go to town. I don't yeah, know. I, I honestly though I I'm I'm on board with some of it, but not all of it. I just okay. I feel like some specs need to be differentiated. Well, Ishanji, I don't know if we really addressed your question, but we sure had a lot of fun talking about it. So, uh, yeah, that wraps us up for the show. We ran a little long today. Sorry, guys. Uh, but Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, if, again, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. If you have email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line, and we'll try really hard to feature it on the show because we do like answering those emails. This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast, and you know what, guys? Seriously, thanks for being here every week. We'll be back next week. 